everybody. Welcome once again to a Sunday night edition of Jizz Talking. You can find us on Twitter at Jizz Talking or JizzTalking.com. With us tonight is the one and only David Bertolino. David, how are we doing today? Hello, Patrick. How are you, sir? Happy Good. Halloween. You betcha. Do you have plenty of trick-or-treaters out there? I don't have any trick-or-treaters right now, but it's still pretty light out. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, that'd be, is it 5 o'clock your time out there now? Exactly, yes. All right. Well, it still is early. We had our trick-or-treat last night, so that's all done with that. With that yeah. Let's talk any. a little bit about... David Burley, who are you, and why are we talking to you tonight? I have no idea. Well, I tell you what, we're going to cover two areas of, of yep. David Berlino. First of all, what is Spooky World? Spooky World uh, is a uh, name of a hayride that I started in 1991. And I knew nothing about hayrides other than I enjoyed a good hayride. And uh, it started as just a whim. Friends were over the house. We saw an advertising in a, uh, a newspaper. I don't know if you remember, there was such a thing called newspapers back then. And, um, uh, you know, the local farmers would advertise hayride uh, events or Halloween events. And so um, I called in to reserve a ticket. And they were sold out for the night. They were sold out for the week. They were sold out for the month. And I thought, my goodness, Hayride, what a great business that is. And you have to remember, I was coming from the Halloween industry. My dad had a joke and magic shop uh, where we specialized in Halloween specialties. And uh, I was also representing um, as a sales manager on the East Coast for Ruby's Costume Company. Uh, and so I was very uh, ingrained in the Halloween industry at the time. Uh, and I, a friend of mine called me that weekend and said, hey, you know, there's a hayride in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, and uh, they're selling out like crazy. And it's a show uh, that they stop at various stations and actors perform to the hay wagons. And I thought, wow, that is interesting. So he and I flew out the next night and uh, went to Egg Harbor, New Jersey, and uh, enjoyed this nice romantic hayride. <laughs> and uh, to make a long story short, I was sold on it. I love the idea of doing a hayride. And so uh, I uh, got back. I called my friend and I said, let's do this. We'll be 50-50 partners. He agreed. We're both going to put up a very small amount of money, rent a, some farmland from a you know, local farmer in the area. And uh, I started searching for locations and uh, just to move up the calendar a bit, my friend pulled out, said, you know, I, I don't think I'm interested. Um, my cooler head prevailed. He said, you know, you do it on your own. I wish you good luck. So I was on my own doing a hay, hay, searching for land for a hayride. And uh, I found a, a terrific uh, former dairy farm in Berlin, Massachusetts. And so I signed a contract with the bank that owns the dairy farm. And um, there I was. I was ready to start, you know, building out and creating a little you know, hayride with actors for ha the Halloween season. And um, as I started uh, getting ready to, you know, 
create all of the um, displays, um, what happened was a um, a uh, some a member from the FDIC came in and said, you know, your lease is invalid. We took over the bank uh, that you had this arrangement with, but don't worry, we can actually sell you this farm for what the rental price was, you know, what your payments would have been. I agreed, I bought the farm, and the next thing you know, I am putting displays on five and a half acres of farmland and creating this interesting hayride trail, and uh, I called it Spooky Hayrides back in 1991. I'm gonna move up the calendar very quickly I hired various Halloween celebrities to populate the barn, signing autographs. Uh, amongst uh, was uh, Kane Hodder, who was Jason of Friday the 13th. And we also had um, Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick from the Munsters TV show. But the third fellow who was involved with this was a fellow by the name of Tom Savini. And Tommy and I would start the night out uh, overlooking the farm and watching all of these cars, uh, you know, come over the hill and watching, you know, this huge fanfare, the excitement level. And so uh, Tom said, you know, it's more than just a hayride. You've got to add a haunted house. You've got to add additional, you know, venues. And I thought, you know, this totally makes sense. I'm going to do that. And so uh, Tommy came back the following seasons, and each year we built a haunted house. And, uh, you know, just to move the clock, uh, we created Spooky World, which was this iconic, what turned to be an iconic Halloween theme park. And during my uh, tenure of 10 years, um, uh, over a million tickets I sold through Ticketmaster. And uh, it was quite an experience. And then, uh, you know, towards the later years, um, I partnered with the New England Patriots football team, and they brought us over to behind Gillette Stadium in the woods, and uh, it just blew up. And it finally, we sold it to a Clear Channel offshoot, and they in turn sold it to a group out of New Hampshire. So Spooky World uh, you know, it still exists in New Hampshire. Uh, it's called Nightmare New England uh, Spooky World. Uh, but, uh, you know, all these years have passed and great memories and great stories have taken place about, you know, what we did. And finally, uh, a documentary filmmaker approached me and said, listen, we are making a documentary with or without you, but we'd love to have you involved with this project. Uh, you know, to steer us to where the best interviews are going to be, where the bodies are buried. And so uh, Spooky World, the movie, comes out next March, and we're very excited. Uh, Tom Savini is the executive producer. It includes Alice Cooper, Linda Blair, Elvira, Robert England, uh, Doug Bradley, who's Pinhead from Hellraiser, uh, Kane Hodder, who's Jason of Friday the 13th, uh, and so forth. There's about 30 celebrities that are tied to it that are interviewed throughout the interesting documentary. So now, that is what Spooky World is. In a nutshell. Now, what, uh, where does Kevin Bacon fit in this? Kevin Bacon uh, came out to visit, you know, we, we have a, 
in addition to the horror celebrity signing autographs, we had lots of celebrities who were in town for whatever reason, and they brought their families out there, and they, uh, you know, shared the excitement level with their families spending, you know, the ultimate Halloween, and that's, Spooky World was the ultimate Halloween. So uh, Kevin Bacon was shooting a, a movie called Mystic River with Sean Penn. And so, uh, you know, they came out with their families, uh, uh, Kevin and Kara Sedgwick and Robin Wright Penn and, uh, you know, and Sean Penn, of course, and their families. Uh, we also had in the past Julia Roberts. We had various sports celebrities. We had, uh, uh, you know, Jerry Springer gave a Scream Queen contest one night. Uh, the Snapple lady, you know, did various, you know, during promotions with Snapple. Uh, we had great sponsors. We had Pepsi as the underwriting and Dunkin' Donuts as the underwriting sponsors. So we were couponing in every grocery store in New England. It was wonderful. Wow. And on average, we were doing uh, at the Foxborough location about 100,000 people a year. And again, this was only one month a year. Yeah. You know, just October's. Wow, that's just, and you know, one thing I've learned about you, David, is is you don't let the grass grow under your feet, and you're a promoter, and you you are always moving and thinking, and you know, with these various uh, underwriters and moving in celebrities and things like this, this was a perfect venue for you for your promotional skills. Well, and you know, I tell you, I, I you know, sharpened my promotional skills with my brother and my dad at this little, you know iconic institution called Little Jack Horner Joke Shop on Tremont Street in downtown Boston. We were the foremost leader of Halloween supplies back in the 60s and 70s. So, you know, as a little kid right up till teen years and then later in my 20s, I, uh, you know, learned my brother and dad's, uh, you know, marketing skills. And uh, they didn't go to college. They went to the Hard Knocks University of Learning by you know, jumping into the kettle. And so uh, it's something that I you know, took with me, you know, all those years. But, uh, you know, I kind of, I've been in every, every phase of the Halloween industry between retail stores and uh, manufacturing of costumes and supplies led uh, right to the entertainment aspect of it. And at, at one point, I was doing so many things involved in Halloween that New Line Cinema brought me on as an expert witness for their, uh, you know, cases that infringed on their trademark and uh, copyrights. Wow. That's, that's just incredible. And now uh, a documentary is going to take place. I know you've, I, I watch your uh, little snippets of things on your, your Facebook page. Now, when will this develop and when will this be out for everybody? It will be out uh, in March. We actually have, uh, we thought we were going with one entity, uh, but now there's two very active bidders on the project. And a third person has jumped in who is interested in making a TV series, spinning off a TV series based on Spooky World. So we're so excited about it. I mean, who would have thought that this little uh, Halloween entity would have grasp the attention of America, but it, but it truly did. Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing about Spooky World what, back in the day. Um, just not like I had to go, but I just, it, it came across as something, as an attraction, a destination. And uh, 
I never went, of course, because from I was from Iowa, but um, I remember seeing something on it or remembering the name struck a chord when I remembered that you were involved in us. Oh yeah, I remember that. So yeah, I mean, what what a great for us to hear about it in Iowa. I mean, of all places, and we have a lot of tractor rides. We have a lot of hay rides. Sure, sure. Well, I've met a lot of farmers from your area in the, in the Midwest that came out to various trade shows. There was lots of trade shows uh, for the Halloween industry. And uh, a lot of it was farmers because they had the land, they had the space for it. They had the great advantage over the city entrepreneurs that didn't have the space to do a consistent, you know, Halloween events where farmers own the land. They can come back at the same location. And, you know, it augmented their down season, you know, when they were doing their planting and harvesting and selling, uh, you know, they did that throughout the summer. And then all of a sudden you're heading into fall and what a great transition to be able to convert their land and have, you know, literally thousands of people uh, going to these Midwest farms to celebrate Halloween. For sure. Uh, let's for the the spooky world part of this. If anybody has a question, raise your hand. And we'll we'll get you in to, uh, to talk to uh, uh, David about that. Cartel Cartrell is with us. We'll get Cartrell to unmute himself. Cartrell, you have a question. Um, yeah, uh, for Mr. David, how is it like directing directing the movie Tromeo and Juliet? Directing the movie. Actually, I'm not, uh, sorry, I got a plane overhead here. So I'm in a flight path to Burbank Airport. <laughs> it's not the uh, invasion of the airplanes, but uh, actually I'm not directing it. Uh, the director is Quinn Monaghan, who uh, has also uh, done projects continuously with the Emmys and the Oscars and uh, the SAG Awards. Uh, and it just so happens when I first moved to California eight or nine years ago, I rented a little cottage, a bungalow in his backyard. And Quinn would, Quinn would come over for an occasional beer and he would want to hear stories about Spooky World. And I told him stories for five or six years. And finally, uh, one day he said, yeah, the, this is the subject of my next you know, piece of work I'm doing. I want to do this documentary about this iconic Halloween event. And it, you know, it's funny. I, the writing was on the wall because three years ago we had um, just watching TV and um, Seth Meyers was on. And I, you know, I enjoy watching the monologue, especially. And his guest that night was John Krasinski. This was three years ago, three Octobers ago. And he was talking about the movie, The Quiet Place. Uh, and usually a segment on the show is about 12 minutes. Uh, at the end of the 12-minute segment, uh, Seth Meyers said, you know, fellow New Englander, do you have any fond memories of Halloween back in New England? And he said, you know, as a matter of fact, my finest moments as a kid was spent at Spooky World theme park in Berlin, Massachusetts. And so I thought that was the end of the segment. They come back from commercial. They do a second segment entirely about Spooky World. He talked about incidents that happened at Spooky World. He talked about the fun that they would have. It was an education for him because he was in the drama department at Newton High School. 
And so he said how he was inspired by the actors at Spooky World. Well, you got to remember, when you have these high energy actors, a lot of them are very young people in high school or, you know, drama workshops at college. This launched so many actors' careers. I just ran it. I was part of an interview recently with Damien Poitier. And Damien was 17 years old when he worked at our Cirque Macabre Haunted House. And now he's doing Marvel movies. And he clearly says that his education and, and, and uh, discipline on being an actor came from his work experiences at Spooky World. And, you know, we, I, we launched a lot of careers. Our makeup artists have gone on to do first-run movies, TV series. We have a makeup artist, Steve Kelly, who did all of the makeup in uh, The Sopranos TV show. Uh, Mike Moran did several first-run movies. Young, you know, 18, 19 years old, started in makeup at Spooky World. You know, out of the 400 staff people, 200 were actors. And so you can imagine it was quite an incubator of creative talent that was bursting every night. It was phenomenal. Wow. Now, did you have an event back in Berlin, or was that canceled due to COVID, or... I Actually, I, I uh, you know, sold the entity, I'd say, like uh, 15, 20 years ago, like something like that. So I've been out of it, quite frankly. Uh, but the new folks continue to run it. Um, they added on some attractions. So Cindy and I went out there three years ago to, uh, you know, take a look at what was new and they, uh, you know, they treated us very well and, you know, gave us a good time and a good scare. And it was a, a fun time to reacquaint with the, the new spooky world. But, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, this documentary captures the magic sizzle that uh, spooky world gave folks. And it's, you know, it's not just one, you know, if you ask a hundred people, you might have, you know, 30 or 40 different favorites of, why they came back. Uh, we changed the celebrities every weekend, top horror celebrities. Uh, we added a museum, which, which was populated with collectibles from the actual horror movies. Uh, and then we had six haunted houses, each one themed. And, and, and in addition to the themed haunted houses, each one was rated one to five skulls. So it truly could be a family-friendly place. If you didn't want your kids to go in the five-skull attraction, you can steer them. And, and actually, in later years, we added, we merged with the Boston Children's Halloween Festival, which was an all-kitty, young person's event. Uh, and so it had storytellers uh, circling a bonfire, telling stories, uh, musicians catering to you know, young kid music kitty rides and events. Uh, and so, you know, in the old days, we used to open at seven o'clock, but when we added and merged with the, uh, the children's part of it, we opened at five o'clock and all of a sudden there we are seeing hundreds of strollers, you know, coming from the parking lot, entering the, uh, the ticketing areas. And it was just a whole new audience, which bumped up our numbers. I mean, on the busiest nights, I recall doing 12, 13,000 people a night there. Wow, that is just incredible. And uh, that's just, and, and I can't wait for the, the, the documentary to come out. It's just going to be so fun. And just because basically I, I know, yeah, and I, I know this is a, 
a part of your life. And it's like, well, I'm, everybody's connected, you know, it's just, it's just <laughs> so cool. Uh, David Bertolino is our guest tonight on JustTalking.com. Next week, our guest will be the one and only Seika. She is going to be here and she's going to be uh, answering all of your questions and dishing the dirt. and, and, and uh, she, can, she can dish the dirt. <laughs> anyway, our, our second part of the interview tonight is um, a little bit about your connection with the adult entertainment industry. Yes. And uh, we certainly want to talk about um, how you got into that and uh, the deep throat sex scandal and uh, your your uh, golden age of adult cinema shows and, and where we are with all of that. And how'd you get started? And who, who are you connecting with? Uh, you know, it, it came about uh, in an interesting way. It came about through the costume industry. I was at the, uh, the lingerie and fashion show in Las Vegas. We had a series of display booths and I was creating sexy Halloween costumes. And uh, the booth across from us had uh, a company called Arrow Entertainment. And um, Serena was at the booth across from us. And so uh, in between busy spurts of crowds, I would come over and say hello. And um, she shared stories about the industry. And then, of course, Paul, who was with Arrow at the time, I believe he's still with Arrow, um, also uh, filled me in on, you know, you know, Arrow's presence in the uh, industry and how they created uh, this movie that uh, had so much controversy uh, called Deep Throat and, uh, and how that Harry Reams was uh, arrested and basically had to stand trial, you know, and he was facing a five-year jail sentence. And, and they charged him under the RICO Act, you know, for distribution and racketeering. And, you know, it's not something that they prosecute too often because it's kind of tricky waters for the government to prove that. But they were, you know, aggressively pursuing that. And at a later time, to move the clock quicker, I ran into Alan Dershowitz in Martha's Vineyard. And he shared the story of how he defended Harry and literally saved him from the five-year jail sentence. Well, I, at that point, was looking for something to do. <laughs> and so I petitioned the Freedom of Information Act. And I discovered that, yeah, it sounded like, you know, Nixon rigged a courtroom in Nashville, Tennessee, and basically, uh, you know, tried to uh, get Harry to, go to jail for five years and uh there was a lot of lies there was a lot of conspiracy it was a mess it was an ugly mess and uh and so i found that fascinating so i wrote an outline and i showed it to raymond pistol who owned the rights uh, to arrow in the movie and uh you know we basically i turned it over to him just gratis i said here you know if you want to do something with it ever it's yours. And he turned it back to me and basically said, you know, you go with it. And he, at that point on a cocktail napkin, sold me the rights to make this play. And so that started my search of, you know, fact finding. And we have a mutual friend who was a that literally the historian of the industry, Bill Margold, as you right. know, 
And, uh, you know, Bill actually uh, was very helpful, a lot of hand-holding, uh, telling me, uh, you know, some of the, you know, interesting backstories of this whole conflict. And it inspired me to write this play, which I opened in New York uh, probably about eight or nine years ago, maybe, maybe long, maybe 10 years ago. And um, it was a great show. People loved it that saw it. But uh, after three or four weeks of running, uh, the theater that we were in uh, declared bankruptcy. They owed unpaid rent and taxes and whatever. And so uh, they absconded with our prepaid rent. They took our um, uh, security deposit. They took our ticket receipts that they already had and uh, left town. Uh, and so uh, at that point, uh, I couldn't even get my sets and wardrobe back uh, for about a month. They, you know, the, uh, the court system you know, tied it up. So we lost the momentum. We lost all of that money. It was terrible. And so shortly after, I traveled to the West Coast. Um, and, and, and frankly, uh, Margol was quite inspiring. He really wanted me to relaunch this thing. I was a little shell, you know, gun shy, I'll call it. And so uh, finally, I decided I'm going to go with this. I approached a number of theaters and finally worked with the Zephyr Theater on Melrose Avenue. And we were going to run a week or two. And we, I think we had a 13, 14 week run. And it, the crowds came out pretty strongly. Uh, we had good box office attendance. And uh, we broke some Zephyr Theater records that, for that run. Yeah. Nice, very nice. And, and you and Bill, you and Bill had kind of a weird relationship. I remember he would argue with you on a drop of a hat. Oh my, sky. you know, over over nothing. Over nothing. You know, the sky is blue. No, it's red. Oh, yeah. All right, Bill. Okay, you win, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Richard Pacheco with us. Richard, how are you doing tonight? Good. Good to see you, David. Hey, how are you, man? Good to see Good. you. Yes. Turned in to find out what you're up to, because it's always something. I'm all, yeah, I've been busy with uh, this interesting documentary that we're working on. It's been fun and uh, having a ball doing it. And it uh, comes out in March. Uh, and just, you know, you know we, we just came back from Boston this last week and uh, completed the last of the interviews. And uh, now that it's in the lawyer's hands, cleaning up all the uh, releases for music and licensing and, you know, all of the, the, the legal stuff is coming into play right now. And also with us is Eric Edwards. Eric, how are you doing tonight? Hey, oh, my I'm goodness. Doing good. So, hey, Eric, David. how are you, sir? Good to oh, see I'm you. I'm doing good. Hey, listen, I, I, you know, I think the last time that I saw you, was uh, at that luncheon that we had with uh, Ashley in April from the Rialto yes, Report in Marina Del Rey. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, that was the last time I think I saw you. Well, we, we had our picture, you and me, and uh, oh gosh, I forget Janie was with um, us. Uh, Janie uh, was Veronica there. Hart. Yeah. yeah, Christy Canyon yeah. was there. That's the one I have a photo of you, me. And and uh, the one you just mentioned, oh, Christy my gosh, Canyon, I'm terrible. Christy Canyon. 
Chrissy Canyon, thank you so much. God, I'm, I'm getting bad. My memory is really failing. So uh, Christy and, and you and me, David, uh, uh, we had a couple of great shots. And I have those and I was looking all over for them. I have a brand new laptop uh, and uh, a little uh, dongle thing that has all my memory photos on it. So when I find it, I'll, I'll send those to you. Now, before that dinner, we also met at the, um, the Golden Goddesses show that I had at the cupcake theater in north hollywood yes yes that was you wonderful. were what you, you came on as a special guest you were in the front row and then the girls asked you to come up on stage and it was so much fun and uh it was a great event we had a great time david you i know that you had cameras all over the place and i did a little routine on stage with little uh, uh stickums little uh, stickum notes sticky yes. notes I did this little routine at the theater, and uh, like I'm getting so old, I can't remember. Of course, it's kind of true nowadays. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you said that you had that on film. Is there any way that I could get a copy of that? You know, I don't have that footage, but I know who does, so I can, uh, I can put out a call for it. But I will tell you this. We kind of tested the waters how that would go, uh -huh. and because it went so well, uh, that we're making that a project in the future. And so uh, we are going to repeat this and bring the top people from the industry next year uh, on a, a series of shows, probably three, in the same format, five of the top iconic golden goddesses, you know, once a week, uh, and then have various people who work with them in the audience that would act, you know, chat about their experiences with those five and love to have you back on that and we're I'd planning to and we that we're doing on camera that we you know we're presenting that to several um uh, streaming services right now okay well i'd love we'll to see, be there we'll see where it's in its infancy but we'll see where it goes at least the, we know the, the formula how we did it so we just need mm -hmm. to repeat that yeah yeah i think you'd have a really interesting audience on that oh and, and uh i handed uh howie a, a, a toothpaste tube i'm sure he remembers yes i you know what i do sure remember do. that i sure do i still i tell my mantelpiece <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i, uh, I remember kathy that brown is, kathy brown is also with us and kathy wrote most of the words that came out of a lot of those folks's mouth kathy how are you doing tonight I'm good. How are you guys doing? Hi there. Hi. Hey, Kathy. Good to see you. Same here, everybody. David, you and I met. My cousin Jane Hamilton introduced us. Yes. Um, I'm a New Yorker, but I happen to be in L.A. I was lucky that my husband and I were there while the Deep Throat sex scandal was being uh, performed. And uh, Jane happened to be in it at that time. And, Excellent. Uh, I think, first of all, you had such wonderful promotion. We bought a package where we got tickets. We got a mug, which is my favorite coffee mug, a spanking stick. I mean, and it was just a great promotion. Do you, Plus, use, let me, let me, do you use the mug? I use the mug all the time. It's my favorite one. But do you use the spanking stick? Not so much. Okay. Only when I'm bad. 
<laughs> but it was great. I sent my friends. My, my friend was a former dominatrix. I sent her one of them. Um, so it was just such great promo. And the oh, show great. was so wonderfully written. Nice. You know, it was educational. It was sexy. Uh, it moved so quickly. And I'm wondering, as a writer, how you came up with the idea of having so many, uh, like having guest performers. And well, it just know, seemed to go seamlessly. I, I, uh, when I was in New York, I tried to do that. But the industry folk that I wanted were in California. So, you know, suddenly there's airfares and hotel costs. And it just got dollar prohibited. But when I took the project to California, you know, all you had to do is drive from West Hollywood or Encino or Studio City. And there you have one of the most iconic, you know, guest stars of the industry as a cameo guest. Now, their presence was only there for two or three minutes. But it was wonderful. And I, I'll tell you something. What, what I learned from this was very often, you know, the fan base who came in week one would come back in week two because there's a whole new set of cameo celebrity guests. And they'd come back in week three. and come. We never intended to run so long. I mean, it was great. I mean, you know, I, I thought this was going to run about two weeks. It ran 13 or 14 weeks. It was and great. I, think- I remember it was like April, I guess, of 2013. And uh, Janie was was in it. And she she happened to sit next to my husband before she went on stage and did her part in a negligee. And he had never seen her as Veronica Hart. He only knew her as Cousin Jane. So was, his face was precious. She never got out of character. Oh, she's per- She's great. Yeah. And I think Herschel played the judge at that. Herschel at that played uh, Jerry Damiano, the producer. Okay. And he was great at, you know, it's funny because he wanted to play the Harry Reams character. Mm-hmm. You know, and I reminded him, Herschel, please, no offense, because we're at the same age. But, you know, at the time, you know, we're in our late 50s. Harry was in his 20s at the time. You, you know, it's a stretch to have you play that part. And we were in Cantor's Deli. And uh, I and I pitched to him. I said, you know, you got to play Damiano. You're perfect for Damiano. You worked for Damiano when you were younger. You know his little nuances. You can create that image. And he said, I'm on the fence on it. And I remember leaving, you know, opening Cantor's exit door and going out on Fairfax. And he looked up and he said, okay, there's a sign. I'm going to take it. I'm taking the part. And I said, what do you mean that there's a sign? And he pointed straight ahead. And it was Damiano's Pizza Parlor across the street. (laughs) Just coincidentally. I mean, who the hell would have thought that? I hope you didn't think I changed the name of the facade there. but <laughs> And so at that point, we gave each other a hug, and I said, see you at rehearsal in two weeks. <laughs> it was great. And I, I'm wondering, was it ever recorded? Did you do a recording? You know, I have it. Again, it's only for purposes. It's not something I can release because it's an equity production. Uh, but I do have it because I've pitched it uh, to Showtime, HBO, The Usual Suspects. But we want to come back with that. I, you know, it was a tight script. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we got all the ruffles out in New York. By the time we brought it to California, it was it was a strong, you know, performance. It was. It was. Pretty good. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, taking that out of mothballs and resurrecting it someday. Good. Thank you. 
Excellent. Thank you. And that's and really that's where I met David the first time was at uh, Herschel's one man show in 2016. Yes. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, came back and met uh, met David again at uh, Bill Margold's memorial service. That was uh, uh, and and again. Um, you pulled out all the stops for old Bill. You had a bagpiper come in, and we released pigeons. And with the, the dove, we had a dove release. The doves, yeah, yeah. And we had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bill's favorite restaurant, the, the Swinging Door Barbecue, was nearby. So we had them cater all bar his favorite barbecue specialties, and everyone in the industry came out. It was wonderful. I mean, you know, everyone kind of held court together. The egos were left at the door. And uh, a lot of people, there was, what would you say, Patrick, between 100, 200 people? Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. And everybody yeah. came together, and there was a time, um, I would say there was a time for kind of a, a morning maybe, but then there was a time for celebration. Yeah. And I remember, um, it was so funny because I saw a picture of Evan Stone sitting back <laughs> he's kind of looking at the sky with his arms folded. And I said, Evan, what were you thinking? He says, I was thinking on how pissed off Bill would be if one of those doves shit in the food. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he would be. <laughs> anyway, that was kind of what we had there. But uh, anybody, uh, let's, let's turn things over to George. George from Florida, how are we doing? I'm doing good, good. I, I, I just want to say it's an honor to meet you, David. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know who you were, but, you know, following this, this Zoom section, you know, apparently you're, you're very famous in the, in the horror industry and in the pornography and, and this and that. And I just want to say it's an honor meeting you and, and thank you for joining us in, in the Zoom session. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. And, you. you know, I'm sure um, they, uh, Patrick will let us know, but I'd, I'd be honored to have an autograph from you. Happy to. Okay. Thank you, sir. We'll, we'll get him something signed on a big spooky world thing. And, and we're going to actually, my wife and I are going to be out there in two weeks. So uh, yes. two weeks from tonight, we're going to have supper at uh, Little Tony's. That was one of the, the highlights that David introduced me to out there was Little Tony's. So uh, okay. Herschel introduced me there too. And. What a, what a great place to have a little meal back in the corner and, and to have some friends there. Uh, again, uh, next week is our interview with uh, Seika. She's going to be our guest. And uh, David, you've also been very successful on selling memorabilia, uh, both adult and other memorabilia, on your eBay page. And when we, when we post this link, we will certainly include your eBay links in there. Excellent. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Over had. the, over the, when we were selling, when we were at both theaters, uh, the Zephyr and, and the New York 45 Bleaker, we had a huge collection of uh, early 70s and 80s uh, film posters, uh, adult film posters, and, and as well as the horror posters. And so uh, I'm selling them all off. Uh, I think it's on eBay now. It, everything's 40 percent and a lot of it's autographed because you know the girls came to the shows and they signed for me and then the horror celebrity signed for me so we're just liquidating all of that on ebay now good good charles is with us from uh san francisco charles is going to be with us in a couple of weeks as well so how you doing charles you're, you're dressed up in your outfit i am i am i 
since COVID started, I in my neighborhood they have a farmers market, so I would dress up in the penguin outfit and go to the farmers market, and you know, and the kids like it, and I'm like, you know, it's this is a difficult enough time, and I was like, you know, if I can make them smile, I'm happy with that. This time I actually brought candy and handed candy out. So, um, but uh, it sounds like you've had you know an incredible life and kind of incredible experiences in life. You know, and I don't know why I generally ask this question. Have you thought about doing a book, David? Sorry, I missed that. I, I asked if you had thought about doing a book um, your, about your life, because I think it would be interesting. Oh, oh, actually, uh, the director's wife uh, right now is, uh, you know, got the galley. She's working on oh, okay. that right now. So, yeah. So it's in the process there. It's in the process. Okay. The front runner will be the, the documentary, though. That's for sure. Right. But well, all the notes, the you know. I'd also love to see the play, too, if you can get the play to come to San Francisco or I may go back down to L.A. and see it there. It, you know, I think when the play relaunches, only because we had this magic, you know, ingredient here in L.A., it works so well because I of, my, of the friendships I made out here. Uh, and we have a great association with the theater. I'd love to relaunch it first at the Zephyr Theater, which is on Melrose Avenue in, in uh, West Hollywood. Uh, but eventually, yeah, San Francisco would be a great, great place to, to have it. I, you know, I, I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, and, I don't know, you know if you remember this, Patrick. But... Oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, I don't know if you remember, but um, there was a number of people who were cameo guests that weren't from the industry. Uh, for instance, uh, Christopher Knight, who played Peter Brady from the Brady Bunch. Uh, he was so uh, involved in, you know, freedom causes. Uh, he played the judge that sentenced Harry to jail. And Sally Kirkland, uh, who was a Golden Globe uh, winner, uh, you know, mainstream movies. Uh, she played the uh, the uh, the adult film ticket seller at the theater, uh, and there was a number of mainstream celebrities that we uh, had populate this play, and I, I really think we kind of re you know re-energized every week with new cast members, which was which was fun. Sometimes a little different, you know. You can't give too much dialogue to somebody who's only working for for one week. But, uh, you know, they had their little rehearsals and they were they were great at it. I mean, it really it was magical. It really worked well on stage. Now, we started the play with swearing in um, uh, 12 or 13 uh, members of the audience. We actually built a jury box on the stage. And so we swore them in as part of the jury. And the, these people were, were buying a ticket, but sitting on the stage as jurors. And, and at the end of the, the play, we would give them a badge saying, I was a juror at the Deep Throat Sex Scandal. <laughs> it's a little souvenir for them. You know, and as, as, as you are such a promoter, uh, you even hired protesters. Every night you pull up to the theater and you, you might feel bad for me until you realize, oh, wait a minute, this is typical David. I would have anywhere from four to 12 people out in front with picket signs. Close this show. God hates porn. Uh, the, the, this theater is disgusting. Uh, 
don't see this play. <laughs> and I, you know, it's interesting. We were on a tour bus route and the tour bus people, you know, they knew that, uh, sorry, my neighbor's, my neighbor's uh, horn across the street. They knew that it was a gag, but they played it up like it was real. <laughs> and so, you know, at the end of the tour, a lot of these people who were on the tour bus came and bought a ticket to come and see the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Again, David Bertolino is our guest tonight. Uh, I know it was just kind of, I knew we had Halloween tonight. I thought, what a better way to uh, promote <laughs> spooky world and, and uh, yes. David's, David's projects than this, and then talk a little bit about adult as well. So uh, anybody else have any questions for, for David tonight? All right, Cartrell, let's unmute you and, We'll uh, get you unmuted. Okay, Cartrell. Um, yeah, David, I know you like Halloween, so I wanted to ask, what's your favorite horror movie? I would say, uh, you know, it's funny. I am not, and, you know, don't let anyone know. I don't know how many million people are watching this right now, but uh, I was never a big horror fan. I actually enjoyed the early stuff, not the, so much the, uh, you know, the movies on surgery and blood spurting and crushing bones but you know the subliminal soft touch and so i was a big fan of uh you know vincent price uh i loved house of wax um although i did love the exorcist and i you know had a soft spot for linda blair and she was fantastic in it but uh, you know it's funny uh, the person who inspired me i'd say was vincent price and I wanted to let his daughter know how much, you know, he inspired me. So I called her and I, I was connected by mutual friends. And uh, by the end of the phone call, she allowed us to use his likeness uh, on the advertising and licensed us uh, for merchandising. And she was very sweet, very kind. And, you know, now there is his image on our poster, which you can see it spookyworldthemovie.com and uh, that's my inspiration Vincent Price and he's throughout he plays a role subliminally in the background throughout this movie okay great yeah I uh, I'm not a fan of any of the Friday the 13th stuff I I, I really enjoyed uh, you know Bela Lugosi and, and Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Sr. I liked all those movies better than I liked any of those 500 Friday the 13th movies. Sure. I, you know, uh, when uh, I made friends with Sarah Karloff, uh, Bela Lugosi Jr., Ron Chaney, uh, Lon's grandson, and uh, they called upon me early 90s and asked if I could help them circulate a petition with names for the U.S. Postal Service to do stamps of their dad. And I was happy to do it. And so um, I acquired thousands of names that, of visitors, you know, guests at Spooky World that signed off the petition. And we sent it off to Washington, to the U.S. Postal Service. And um, when it came time to do the stamps, they finally agreed to do it. Uh, they flew out to Spooky World, the, Mrs. Karloff, Mrs. Lugosi, Mr. Cheney, you know, the children. 
and I was sworn in for one night as a U.S. postmaster. <laughs> and they had a, uh, a, a stamp, uh, and so I hand-canceled a uh, hundred sets of those stamps on Spooky World envelopes, and uh, the three children celebrities signed each envelope. And at the end of the autograph signing, they crushed the stamp, never to be used again. But for one night in history, and back in, I'd say, 95-ish or so, I was a U.S. postmaster for one night as part of the Postal Service. <laughs> wow, that's just fantastic, fantastic. Eric, anything before we leave do you have, Eric Edwards? Um, not really. Um, it's been great listening to your stories, David. Uh, was I know that uh, Patrick and I, uh, you were kind of having some uh, difficulties at one at one time. I forget exactly what was going on, but he and I came out and visited you, and that was really nice. Uh, give you a little help and support and everything like that. I yes, hope it helped did. you. Yes. Good. I'm yeah. glad. I've, um, uh, it, it's a miracle. I mean, I was down for the counts, four operations in, in three weeks, uh, three years ago, October, uh, just out of nowhere, acute pancreatitis. It's very rare, uh, but those that have it uh, don't usually survive it. Somehow I managed to survive it thanks to the help of my lovely wife, Cindy. Yep. And uh, she was my caretaker and my confidant, and she brought me through the dark side. Or I remember away that. From, away from the white light. And so uh, I got to tell you, I've lost uh, over 100 pounds. And uh, we just went on two walks today, so we probably got between five and 10,000 steps in. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a miracle. I one one final thought before I say goodbye. Uh, as you know, I have been a trained actor since 1965, uh, and I've done many many roles. So if ever you can give me a challenge to do some acting again, I would love you forever. Wow. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Maybe on uh, the, the Deep Throat uh, remake. Yeah. You got it. All right. Anytime. All right, sir. I want to get with Charles real quick. Uh, unmute Charles. Back yeah, on. actually, I just remembered something, and this is so funny, and I have no idea. I remember being in college, and this was the mid-'80s, and there were a couple guys, and they had to – I don't know. I don't remember who they were. I don't know where they were from, but they would run around the campus wearing spooky guy costumes. And I have to think, David, that you probably were an influence on them. And they did it kind of as a lark just to be kind of funny, but it was like, and then you'd see like little posters around that said, Spooky Guy was here. And I can't help but think it had to be something from your show. Well, we, we, we launched a lot of ships, a lot of interesting uh, stunts and actors and, uh, yeah. But it's Could interesting be. always to see the influence that people have on other people in other places and you know but i was talking with a friend of mine on on through facebook and we were like talking about that and i'm like oh yeah i remember that it's just so Sweet. funny yeah you know it's funny we just got back from boston quinn monahan the director and i and we had, uh this is the last round of interviews i think we got close to 70 interviews uh you know all together over the last two years 
And uh, a number of them were guests that came, just patrons, you know, buying a ticket, witnessing history. And the others were people who worked there. And many of them, after the interview, said, it's the best experience, entertainment experience in my life. I mean, many left that worked there in tears in their eyes saying, I've never replicated the feeling of being able to do a job that I really like doing. And we all take, you know, our day jobs, you know, our 40 hour a week jobs, whatever. Sometimes, you know, you make a lot of concessions and, it's, you know, you, you stick with it. And sometimes it's more than just the fun of it. It's the, the money part of it. But I can actually say Spooky World, it was one big happy family, sometimes like the Mansons. Uh, but it was, a ha you know, a happy family, and uh, they, it was a great camaraderie, as you have, as all of you know, in, that you have in theater and in movies, when you're working together in close quarters, and you've got this great performance, and you know you killed it, you know, and your friends are saying, that was awesome, that was great. Nothing like live applause, you know, for live theater, and that's what Spooky World was. Richard, anything that uh, you have to, to say on the way out? Yeah. Uh, Dave, I was lucky to spend some time with Dave Friedman toward the end of his career and his life. And uh, when you got around that man, you could hear the calliope and smell the popcorn on the midway. <laughs> and listening to you and what I, I know very little of you, you know, I've seen you a couple of times around. I'm Northern California. I really get down to L.A. Mm -hmm. But what I know about you, you've inherited that mantle. You are the showman. You are the Barnum and Bailey. Uh, and that's just in the porn part. I haven't touched the horror stuff. It's all brand new to me. I didn't even know about Spooky World. So it's been my pleasure to see you work and um, watch you be a balabust, if you know that word in Yiddish. Grazie. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Well, appreciate everybody's time tonight. Dave, we certainly thank you for, for being a part of this. Again, next week is uh, going to be Seika. And so you don't want to miss out on that as well. So, David, again, thank you so much tonight. All right. Thank show. you all. Thank you, Patrick. See you soon, Patrick. You bet. Thank you. Okay, amigo. Bye-bye now.